0: Mark Seve with Plot Points Podcast. It is a uh, very nice, Clement uh, Southern California day, although we did have some shaking occurring in El Monte, uh, apparently an earthquake of uh, about 4.6, 4.8, something like that. But uh, somehow uh, it shook Larry Porcelli, Lorenzo Porcelli, my good friend, and uh, shook him out of his uh, stupor, and he decided to come join me on the podcast. How are you today, Larry?
1: I'm fantastic. A little shaken, but, but great.
0: But, you know? but stirred, but also stirred. You're shaken and stirred. Yeah. Shaken and stirred up.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, um, we, uh, I'm glad to have you here with us. I see Larry, uh, now on a pretty regular basis because he's, uh, he's participating in, uh, one of my classes. By the way, those classes start back, um, in October. And, um, you can go to the show notes, but basically, uh, you can sign up for the intro class through Orange Coast College Community Education. And the, the intermediate class has gone private. Both of them are on Zoom. We don't do, uh, we're not doing anything live probably till 2021 in, in person. So I'll give you more information, but go to the show notes. i will have comprehensive uh, information and links uh or or you can call if you want to if you need more information or where to find it you can call 919 scripts that's nine one nine S C R I P T S. uh or you can go to plotpoints.com or there's various places to find you can go to screenwriters.com or .org um anyway there's plenty of places to find my classes um and and sign up uh so are you okay larry how you doing everything good with in your world
1: Everything is pretty fantastic, Mark, actually.
0: Yeah. So
1: much going on now. You know, they've started to uh, pick up again at the studios, but they're on limited, uh, limited work uh, schedules, and they have whole restrictions and everything else. But it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting to see what's happening.
0: Yeah, I should also mention Larry is president of the Southern California Writers Association, the SCWA. Um, and they have a great organization, some terrific people, that actually make Larry look good. So, uh, I don't, if you <laughs> no, anyway, uh, but people like Maddie Margarita, uh, just, they do a great job. They book uh really impressive guests and, um, they have these online uh, seminars and then they have happy, hour, happy hours and stuff. Larry, how can people find out about the SCWA?
1: Uh, they can look us up on Facebook, uh, uh, Southern California Writers Association or on the website at southerncalwriters.org
0: okay are you uh, you guys let me see I'm going to look at your Facebook page oh you're you don't have a uh, you don't have a name yet mm, that's too bad okay well look for uh, SCWA or, or Southern California Writers Association you should be able to find them <laughs> Let's segue a little bit into what are we working on. And I watched Booksmart for my book that I'm writing about screen, screenwriting. So you mentioned that you're working on your, uh, your script. Is any, are you doing, have you, have you put the book aside for a while? No,
1: I'm also working on the book, Neath Hollywood Boulevard, which takes place in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And um, I, you know, go through that a little bit, give it an hour or two each day and that's it.
0: It's great that you can, you can get to writing more. Um, so I, you I know, keep
1: wanting to put, uh, uh, attacking sharks and whales. on
0: <laughs> Land sharks. You can, <laughs> <laughs> you can use the Hollywood land sharks. I'm sure. could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm still waiting for word on my pilot, uh, where we're still hopeful that, um, that it's going to get a, a great response. And, uh, I'm writing my book on screenwriting and that's, that's pretty much it. Although I was going to dip back into a script I wrote years ago that one of the producers I wrote it for, uh, called it unfilmable. Uh, today it would just get a yawn, but back in the day it was pretty challenging. I had people cutting sex organs off and you know, it was, it was pretty challenging, but, um, today i i doubt if anybody would blink at it if you've seen the violence that's uh, even just on streaming uh these days so um okay so we're plot points podcast uh we try to g- get together and talk about some interesting things um uh i'm going to give larry the floor for a short period of time here he came up with the idea of doing uh the top 5 uh teen movies since the year 2000 so we're talking about a 20 year span which boy i don't know about you larry but i had i had a tough time narrowing it down uh did Very you much. yeah there's a lot of a lot of good stuff out there so go ahead and, dr- and drop in your top 5 um teen movies since 19 since uh 20 uh, tw- 2000
1: well i probably uh, i i did put 6 in case this was on your list also but you turned me on to this one, and it was fantastic. And it's my number one. It was called Attack the Block.
0: Oh yeah! Wow, that's a right. great movie.
1: It was just spectacular, and uh, that's my number one. And I didn't see anything that all the rest were great too. But mm-hmm. uh, I like Dope, which was oh. uh, a great story. Uh, great, you know, surprising that Sony put it out, and they did a good job with it. And um, Love Simon. Oh yeah. But, First uh, teen LGBTQT film, but it was a great story, you know, and it was diverse and it was very nice. Uh, Lady Bird Mm. was another one, and my last one was uh, High School Musical. Oh man, yeah, that was a great little film.
0: So I put that.
1: I mean, I had about another five,
0: but uh, well, what's the? You said you had you had six. What was I had the other one was
1: Charlie Bartlett. Oh, and okay. It was, a, it was a small picture.
0: Yeah, um, I
1: believe Universal put it out, and it was uh, with uh, Anton Yelchin. I think it was his last film.
0: Yeah, poor. That was a tragic, uh, horrible. Anton Yelchin, for those of you who don't know, was Chekhov in Star Trek. Uh, terrific talent. What a great career he had ahead of him, and uh, yeah. Yeah, tragically, he was pinned, I guess, his SUV slipped or something, and it pinned yeah. him to a fence or a gate and just crushed him. Ah, Correct. what a terrible way. Yeah. yeah.
1: an ending, you know, great actor. Uh, yeah. He plays a, he's in a school, and his, uh, it's a great cast, and, you know, his father is in that movie, uh, Rob Lowe, and it's mm-hmm. really, really a good story.
0: I've heard, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that on my list. Not this list, but I'm going to definitely watch that, so – um, yeah, mine, what I tried to do is kind of get different, uh, a little bit different feel. So, m- not in any kind of order. My first one is Brick, which is a story about a, uh, a young teenager who is, becomes a detective at his high school after his girlfriend is murdered. Yeah. Um, good little film. It, it goes a little bit askew at some point, but I, I really enjoy it. Um, Lady Bird was on my list also um super bad i thought was just fun i mean when you think about teen movies you you it tends towards teen comedies but there's actually a lot of really good drama but super bad is one of those really i think seminal great teen movies friday night lights yeah. yeah yeah just a great and both the series and the movie with billy bob thornton were terrific book smart has to be my number one all-time favorite teen movie at this point it's just so incredibly good and then um i gave a sixth nod an honorable mention even though we didn't do tv to the series stranger things which i think yeah just really personifies uh a lot i i mean i didn't ride around on bicycles with uh with walkie-talkies but um i can see where i mean we did have walkie-talkies we just didn't use they they have an impossible range on Stranger Things. They can reach across the moon practically. So, but uh, anyway,
1: those That's are pretty good. Yeah, I have, no, I had one TV show.
0: Everybody hates Chris.
1: Which on TV it was Everybody hates Chris. And,
0: oh yeah, I've never seen that. That's with Chris, Chris, Rock, Chris Rock. Yeah, He's yeah. Well, he was He he narrated it. Right. But it was pretty good. Pretty good. Oh uh, yeah. So, those are great suggestions if you have uh, Netflix or Amazon Prime or Hulu or any of those. Uh, you can find most of these movies. I know, I know Book Smart is on uh, Prime. I think you have to pay for it, but it's worth uh, the, the money. So, we are Plot Points Podcast. Uh, my name is Mark Sevy. I'm with, let's see, let's see if I can cover even half of what Larry, uh, Larry, has been involved in the theater business for his, most of his adult life uh, here in Southern California. He's responsible for putting up uh, involved in putting up most of the theaters here in Southern California. He's worked for just about every major chain there is. And he's also, oh God, he knows your Rolodex is, is impressive. Indeed. He knows directors, actors, writers, uh, industry people, um, you name it. The guy, can reach out and touch these people. So, but, um, the, the thing I met Larry in 2009 when we started the Orange County Screenwriters Association, uh, and he's been a, just been a joy to work with all that time. We've become friends. We're both Italian. It's a joy to, uh, to work with him and to have him as a friend. Appreciate you, Mr. Porcelli, always. So thank you for all your, all your help and, and good spirit over the years. My joy,
1: the pleasure has been mine. I feel like I'm the one taking from your pot of gold all the yeah, time. Yeah, of course you so are. You have so much wisdom.
0: You, of course you are. You're stealing all the time. I know you <laughs> are.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. That was what I was taught growing up in the Bronx there. <laughs> well, like we learned, you know, we learned stealing. We learned if you wanted a gla- another glass of milk, you didn't go pour one. You stole your brother's bottle. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't take warm milk, so I doubt if I would have done that. But uh. <laughs> anyway, um, we're going to move into a, a question came up in class uh, regarding uh, dialogue. Can you ask it and let me talk sure. to it?
1: Okay, go ahead. Uh, the question was: How does dialogue further a story without being a dump?
0: Yeah, uh, info dumps. I, I see info dumps most most of the time with new writers because it's hard to envision an entire script in your head. So you try to get all that stuff out. And in first draft, there's nothing wrong with just doing an info dump, just doing whatever you you need to do. But a couple of things can prevent that info dump. One is ask yourself, do I need to give this information here with this other information or can I leave it for another point in the story? In other words... If you watch really well done drama or any, actually any story, um, they don't give you all the information. I, one of the things that, one of the solid examples I can point to is Black Panther. Because in the beginning of Black Panther, they show you his father, Chachaka, and his uncle, Nobu, uh, having an interaction. And of course, there's more that happens to the story, but they cut out of it. Now, they cut out of it for a purpose. Because they don't want you to see what happens between the two men, the, the king and his brother. But that could also be just an, an info dump. We could get all the information in the beginning and, and, but we, but it's really interesting that we see that information later at an appropriate time where it becomes pertinent to the story. So the first thing is to write it, but look at opportunities f- to cut and put somewhere else uh, or to massage it so you're only giving a little bit of the information i think about half of what you really think is necessary is probably necessary the other way to do it is what i just used this example in class and i would i mentioned the tv show borgen which is about the first uh, danish prime minister and they they have a poly- parliamentary uh government. In other words, they have different parties, maybe five, six parties, and each party gets a certain number of seats. And then the, it's up to the prime minister to put together a coalition of those parties to govern. Uh, she or he will not, would not be able to govern without a majority. And the majority can most of the time only be gotten by putting like the moderates and the liberals and the green party together. So at the beginning of the show, she's got an older advisor who is Apoplectic at her for doing something, and he he dresses her down. Uh, but the scene—it's really interesting because it's a long scene. It's maybe three or four pages of dialogue, but it starts in the hallway outside her office. Then they move to the roof of the of the uh, wherever the prime minister uh, government office, and he continues dressing her down and telling her, "Look at the city. This is your city." Now they don't have to move to the roof. But the filmmakers wisely pushed the scene up to the roof in order to give us a different perspective and a slightly different feel. And then the end of the scene, maybe page of dialogue, half three quarters of a page, is them coming down the steps in a different section of the building and continuing the conversation as they come down the steps and as they uh, end up on the landing. Um, so that's another way to do an info dump. If you change the scenes, uh, you change the time frame, it doesn't seem like an info dump. It just seems like it seems like a brand new uh, set of circumstances, which it kind of is. Um, but the, the thing is, it's an old trick to, to move to put your characters on in some sort of movement. One of the kisses of death, if you have to have an info dump. And you sit your characters at a table or a restaurant. My God, I hate scenes in restaurants. Uh, and you just sit your characters down and they're talking to each other is the worst. That's the most static scene you can get. So, so two, so a couple of things. Uh, f- figure out if the information is absolutely necessary to the show at that moment. Um, if it's not, you can move it elsewhere and, and just bleed it in. The second thing is to move your characters to different locations. And if you can't do that, at least put them on foot somewhere, walking or talking, and getting a getting a, a croissant or a, a coffee. Don't put them in a coffee shop. Don't put them in a restaurant. Um, move your characters around. I mean, it's a visual medium. I don't understand. We see so many scenes written in coffee shops these days because that's where everybody goes apparently these days to be hip. But honest to God, they are they're they're deadly. They're deadly deadly dull, and you start to tune out your audience. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. The only one I think I've liked ever in the movies was the one from Harry Met Sally.
0: Sure. And everybody points at that. Every time I say, don't write a scene in a restaurant, everybody says, well, when Harry Met Sally. And I agree with you. It's a great scene. But it's one scene out of how many movies?
1: Right. I mean, find another one. You right. Know
0: I mean? Right. Well, there's a, the scene in Godfather when they're in the restaurant. That's a oh, good yeah, scene.
1: That, I, yeah, that's kind of an abnormal one. But I agree right. well, with that
0: one. But that's my point. I mean, there's so few of them, we right. can list them on, on two hands, in all the thousands of movies. And, and you know what? Uh, the thing is, and you know this, Larry, TV has always been traditionally a talking heads medium. Yes. It's It was less and, less visual than movies. And so when you wrote talking heads, it was okay. But today, with the production values and the way they're doing these shows, there's no excuse for you put And you know what? Let's say you put your scene in a gym with two people on a treadmill. That's a stat, that's a one in location, but it's not a static scene because there's all kinds of things happening around them. Um, but even if the director says, gee, or the producer says, gee, we can't afford this gym, you can put them with sweaty with two towels around their neck coming out of the gym talking while they're, while they're walking to the, uh, to the locker rooms or whatever. I've seen scenes in, um, handball courts, which are great. You know, just use your imagination. That, that's what it's for. That's what, this is what separates an amateur writer from a professional writer. Professional writers think this stuff through. Uh, amateurs tend to write the first thing that comes to their head. So, mm-hmm.
1: Quick, Quickly, get it done expediently right. rather than uh, entertaining.
0: Well, I think it's even more than that. I don't think amateurs think through the ramifications of their scenes. I don't think they're seeing their scenes on a screen. They're, they're so enamored with the idea that they can write dialogue that they just put it wherever they think is cool. And I, actually, you know, if you're Aaron Sorkin, not even he does that. It, he's so famous for that, that. You remember the West Wing lair where he used to... Sure. They used to... In fact, Saturday Night Live made a made fun of it by by you know moving those characters around the he used to have two characters walking down a hallway and then one character would say I got to go to work and another character would join that character and then three characters would be walking down the hallway, and two of them would split off and an, i mean it was hilarious, but it was his recognition that those talking head scenes are just the kiss of death so um, he had plenty of them i mean he had office scenes he had uh you know anyway but uh, I, th- I hope you get the meaning here. It's not that I'm denigrating anybody's work. It's just that there's no, so many. No. Yeah. Use use your imagination. Use the opportunities that film and, and TV uh, offers, which are visual. It's a visual medium. So.
1: Well, even in the TV, even uh, in the old Westerns and everything, it was always dialogue. You had a minute or two of some action, a shootout or something, but well, they the put whole, him, it was all dialogue.
0: Yeah, they put them on horseback, right? Or they... They had them uh, making that the old beans and coffee at the campfire. I mean, there was
1: a. <laughs> I think that was in Blazing Saddle. That
0: was a great scene. was a great scene.
1: Well, that if they. We call that, could we call that a uh, restaurant scene?
0: Yeah, well, no. I mean, there were restaurants in the Old West, there were saloons and stuff, yeah. but uh, it could be. It's an al fresco uh, restaurant <laughs> scene. <laughs> These days, that's what everybody's doing anyway with all the shutdown. Very few uh, businesses are open for indoor dining. So, All right. Well, look, um, we're keeping it short uh, on the podcast. We're trying to not to bore you guys. And uh, I, I hope uh, that we've offered some insights. And it, it's been a joy to have Larry with me. His name is Lorenzo Porcelli. Uh, Remember that name because he will soon be uh, the master of all worlds. He will have a a script in the works and a book on Amazon. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, he's president of the Southern California Writers Association. Do you know who's coming up, Larry, on your neck? They do a once a month virtual presentation of a writer. And who'd you have last? Who'd you have this past Saturday?
1: This past Saturday, we had uh, Hank Philippi Ryan, who is an investigative reporter in Boston, who's won 36 Emmys, but she's also written 12 detective novels.
0: Yeah, she's amazing, really amazing. Um, And do you know who's coming up? Did you book a person for October?
1: The October personage, um, I believe, is, I'd like to say it was John Grisham, but it isn't. I can't remember the name offhand.
0: Okay, well, if you uh, if you remember it, I'll put it in the show notes. But um, you can find SCWA on Facebook or their website. What's the website again, Larry? SouthernCalWriters.org. SouthernCalWriters.org. Of course, I mean, just if you just type in SCWA or Southern California Writers Association into a Google search, you'll find them.
1: Every every Wednesday, there's a writer on on the free on. Facebook live. Oh, okay. So you have one called a, uh, the Wednesday we have it called hump day.
0: Right. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, ne- uh, I neglected to mention it. Also, no, we should a give it, we should give a sh- shout out to Maddie's, um, to Maddie's, lit yeah, lit up, uh, which is they, is that, that's still, that's virtual too. It used to be at a coffee shop, but it's virtual, right? Right. It's become
1: virtual and that's the, in fact it's this week and she has three writers they come on and read about 10 pages from their latest work yeah and then do a q a with maddie who's a great interrogator my goodness oh yeah she could have been uh you know somebody on the bench there
0: yeah uh, it, uh maddie was in my podcasting class as were you yeah. and uh she she was terrific uh you could tell she knew she you know what i think and and you exhibit this too is people who do great interviews or people who are legitimately curious about the the world and and the people that uh that they have that they're interviewing you can tell that you can tell a great interviewer uh you know they're not just phoning it in so anyway so uh lorenzo
1: porcelli I, I, let me say one thing i have to say to be in one of one of mark's classes you may be experienced you may be but whatever, there are people in there very experienced, but you pick up such jewels and insight into what script writing, screenwriting is that um, you're amazed because you come away each time overflowing with information just on sharing other people's stories also.
0: Yeah, but yeah, Mark it's
1: a- so much to give. It's really, really wonderful.
0: Oh thank you. I appreciate that uh, that shout out and it it a lot of it is the people in the class, the students who are already in the class who put in the time to do the critiques and write themselves and stuff so it's not just me it's it's I love it. I enjoy it tremendously, but it's also it's also a tribute to my students uh all the ones past and present so um okay well, we're going to wrap it up here, Larry Lorenzo Porcelli. Thank you so much for, uh, for sitting in with me. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. It's always great to talk to you. This is Plot Points Podcast. My name is Mark Seve. You can find us on iTunes or actually it's called Apple Podcasts. We just um, got a slot on Amazon Podcasts, which is great. Um, we also, uh, have, I also have a website set up for the podcast called plotpoints.com. And you can reach us at 919 scripts, which is a, uh, Google voice, uh, phone. So you can call and leave a message with suggestions or whatever. Um, for myself, uh, for OC screenwriters, for Lorenzo Poricelli, I would like to thank you for listening to the podcast. And as always, be inspired. Do good work. Is that a different style? Is that a different style? Is that a different style?